Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. On the Logistics of Logistics, I talk to experts in logistics and transportation, warehousing, fulfillment, supply chain, and of course, technology. And during these interviews, I'm always the one asking the dumb questions. I ask the dumb questions so you don't have to. Today's topic is investing in future sales with my friend Michelle LeBlanc. Michelle is the founder of a company called Drop and Hook. And what they do is social media and content marketing for transportation and logistics company. And in the podcast, we talk about what companies need to do today to make some money in the future. We also talk quite a bit about TMSA, where Michelle is very active. TMSA is Transportation Marketing and Sales Association, and they're having a conference June 11th, 12th, and 13th down in Savannah, Georgia. So check out my conversation with Michelle LeBlanc. But before we get to the interview, I want to tell you about my friends over at Port X Logistics. Port X Logistics is an asset-based transportation company, and they specialize in containerized freight. So if you're having trouble moving your cargo out of the port, very common problem, then reach out to my friends over at Port X Logistics, and their website is portxlogistics.com. They're experienced, and they offer service at every single port and every single rail ramp in the United States and Canada. They have an approach that is guided by their four pillars, which is culture, service, tech, and trucks. Again, check them out over at portxlogistics.com. So how's it going, Michelle? Great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you about this topic. Michelle, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. Sure. So I'm Michelle Blank. I am sitting here in scenic Maplewood, New Jersey, which is technically the headquarters of Drop and Hook Content. We're a social media and content marketing agency that specializes in transportation and logistics. We're a fully remote agency, so I've got um, people sitting all across the country. So it's just me here in New Jersey. And uh, we work with a number of clients that are in transportation and logistics, everything from trucking companies to technology. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I love the name, Drop and Hook Content. Well, we'll get back to that in a minute. I also want to talk to you You were introduced to me by Jennifer over at TMSA. So I also want to talk to you about TMSA and their whole mission. Because we, me, you, and all the other cool kids will be at the TMSA conference, which is June 11th, 12th, and 13th. So June 11th is a Sunday. It's kind of unusual, but I like it. I like the idea that I'm flying out on a Sunday rather than, (laughs) you know, having my whole week taken, although I might stay an extra day in Savannah. Yeah, yeah. Well, on the Tuesday, there is a a port tour at the end of the conference. So if you can stick around, that should be a, a good little addition that they've added on as well. I am planning right now to go on the port tour and and that's the port of Savannah. And yes. I think what happens so often in our business, and we'll talk more about this as we get into it, but we marketers, salespeople, podcasters, most of us who are sitting at a desk, we never see a port. We never, a lot of us never see a terminal. We don't see a warehouse. We drive by them, go, oh, look at those warehouses. <laughs> and and I think it's one of the weaknesses of our new technical world that we don't ever get dragged into the grimoire where somebody goes, oh yeah, the, the AI does that. And I think we have... I think our business intelligence, and you're like, 
No, somebody's got to move a pallet. <laughs> somebody has somebody has to drive that forklift and move that pallet. Oh, oh, does AI do that? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Yeah, AI might be able to help you with knowing the measurements of the pallet and figuring out where to put it. Right, right. <laughs> Somebody's going to move the actual pallet. So your company works with trucking companies. Is it, who, is, who is your sweet spot? Who do you normally work with? Yeah. Well, so when I first got into the industry, it really was trucking companies. Recruitment marketing for truck driving was um, my introduction to this world. But as the world of kind of freight tech and everything has been developing. Um, we've expanded beyond that as well. So at this moment in time, we work with both trucking and transportation companies, logistics, 3PLs, as well as technology companies that might be trying to speak to those companies as their audience. So I take it you're active in TMSA. Otherwise, our friend Jennifer wouldn't have introduced <laughs> me to you. Yes, I am. I'm on the board. So what what is the mission of TMSA? First off, tell us what that even means. Sure. TMSA stands for, that is a good question. It stands for the Transportation Marketing and Sales Association. And it's really intended to be a dedicated professional development organization for marketing and sales professionals that are working in transportation and logistics. And certainly there are other great organizations out there in the realm of, you know, TIA and CSCMP that might have marketing programming as part of what they're doing, but this is really the only organization that um, really is specifically dedicated to those marketing and sales professionals and giving them professional development and networking opportunities. Yep. I've never been to a TMSA event. We talked about, my, I, 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 I talked to Brian on my podcast in the past. I've had Jennifer on my podcast. I will have her again after this conference. We'll probably do a, a key takeaways, but the organization's been around for like 100 years. And I know during COVID, yes. it kind of went like everything else, a little underground. We didn't hear as much about it because nobody could go anywhere. But I do know they had a lot of online events. And this is – so ideally, you're listening to this podcast uh, a week before TMSA in Savannah, June 11th, 12th, 13th. But if you can't get down to that conference, and by the way, you should drop everything and get to that conference. But if you can't, for some reason, like if you're getting married, that would be a good excuse not to. <laughs> you should still consider joining TMSA because everybody wants more sales. And these are the people who show you how to get more sales. And things are changing so rapidly. We talked before we hit record, Michelle. This industry traditionally has said, Sales are easy. You make a hundred phone calls a day. These ten guys, we just hired them. <laughs> These guys and gals, they just got out of this college and they're looking forward to using their college degree to make a hundred phone calls a day. <laughs> that were, and eight out of nine, eight, eight or nine are going to either get fired or quit. One works out. And then we also say, well, yeah, we have a marketing department, but we've always underinvested in our marketing. We haven't ever trusted marketing. And I told you about our mutual friend of ours said to me on my podcast once, not only do um, senior management sometimes question marketing, but even marketers, if you call a marketing CMO or a, a, a director of marketing, they, they aren't so sure it works. So it's, and I think it's almost like Stockholm syndrome here where marketing has gotten just frightened yet i'll tell you who doesn't doesn't skimp on marketing anyone who got vc money 
Anybody who's publicly traded, anybody who's killing it in the market is spending on marketing during the downturn. And I know some companies say we don't have the money. We absolutely positively can't. But this is why when the downturn hits or when it ends, you'll find some companies hit the ground running and some are going to limp out of the downturn into a, a few bad quarters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there ha there have been studies done about essentially, you know, what is the difference between companies that invest in marketing and their brand during a downturn versus companies that pull back on it? And, you know, where are they when they come out of the other side of it? And those studies are usually done with sort of publicly traded, you know, consumer product companies. But I think it's equally relevant for any brand that is trying to ultimately make a sale because you can really see the results there of, right. okay, if you make this investment and you kind of have that belief that it is important to keep that going, you know, you come out ahead on the other end of it and you're going to make that recovery that much faster if things are down. Yep. And I will say we, we traditionally underinvest in this space and marketing and I would even say sophisticated sales, but it's one thing to get sales where you could say, I called somebody, maybe their traffic manager or the doc or you know, purchasing guy. I, I called a shipper and I was able to get some business that way. You can get that transactional business. That's a good way to go. But when you want to go to a company that says, hey, we spend $50 million a year on transportation and we're looking to get a strategic partner, it's really hard to have some young person who makes phone calls all day, just got out of college, maybe 25 years old, making those phone calls and somehow connecting with the vice president of logistics. It's not a strategic way to engage. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, what is the likelihood in this day and age that the director of logistics is sitting there next to the phone willing to pick it up and talk to you <laughs> if they don't already know who you are and they haven't actually gone out and found you and scheduled that meeting? And yeah, so maybe, you know, wouldn't it be nice if instead of 100 phone calls a day, you could make 20 phone calls a day and have them all be really good, successful ones? I've said this to, before. I talk to a lot of founders uh, owners of, of businesses. And I always say, if I right now, if you and I, Michelle, started a freight brokerage or a little 3PL, you could have a whole bunch of salespeople. We could hire a whole bunch of salespeople to bang the phones, right? And maybe I'm not even saying that's a bad approach. It's an approach for sure. But the challenge is as the, we get some stars growing, those stars, they kind of have a lot of power, right? If we have one or two guys who start making a lot of money, we're worried they're going to leave and they're leaving with the customers. I mean, we, or we potentially have a chance of losing, even with the non-compete, we still might lose them. And I always say that's a risky way to do business. A better way to do business in my mind is to say, we are going to invest in marketing and we're going to invest in, in our sales teams, but we're going to provide our sales teams with good leads, hopefully. We're also going to hopefully be able to say, when we brought on a new customer, they engaged with a team. It's not just one guy. So the old model of the freight brokerage that one guy got a lot of power and could kind of tell the boss, you're going to pay me or I'm going to walk away. I don't like that. I like much better that we brought a new customer on. He came in because he followed some of our content our sales team engage with them 
And now our account management team and our ops team and our tech team all talk to them every week. I like that much better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I've been following kind of the industry conversation around non-competes and like, you know, should should you or should you not have non-competes? Are non-competes enforceable? All this stuff. And I always come back to thinking to myself, man, if your relationship with your customers is such that one person can just take exactly. that customer and walk away with it, like, I feel bad like that. You you should probably work on that and having a better better relationship that goes beyond that one person to a larger, you know, relationship with your brand and your service and the quality of the entire team to your point yes yes so michelle tell us a little bit about you where'd you grow up where'd you go to school give us some career highlights before you started drop and hook content and by the way i love the name drop and hook content (laughs) thank you yeah well so i grew up in massachusetts tiny little rural town about two hours outside of boston and went to massachusetts state college framingham state university now at the time it was Framingham State College and you know I was very lucky in Massachusetts that we had really some truly excellent schools I guess so <laughs> <laughs> you know so that that was my background and what'd you um, study I I had communications oh good so you're actually you're actually working in your field that happens so I rarely am, yeah now, technically, social media and content marketing were not exactly things that existed when I was in college at the risk of dating myself. <laughs> so, yes, I am. I am definitely working in my field. And, you know, I think shout out to my education that it really taught me about kind of the idea of communications at a high level. I know people like to say, like, liberal arts degrees don't teach you anything, but it, it taught you about the emotional relationship that people have with other people in their communications, with mass communications, and ways that people make decisions about the things that they do every day. And I think that's like applicable against every type of marketing and every type of sales and anything that you can do. So I definitely use it all the time. Yep. So give us some career highlights before you start a drop and hook. Sure. So a little bit after I graduated from college, I ended up moving to New York. And I was briefly working on kind of They cheer for the wrong team there. (laughs) I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Had to, you know, hide away my Red Sox gear, but (laughs) it was where the jobs were and had that going for it. And so I was working in a a marketing generalist role, um, you know, kind of doing some print marketing and email marketing and copywriting. And my boss at the time was like, well, so you're a young person. Tell me about this Twitter thing that's happening. Should we be doing that? And so that was uh, that was the moment in time that we were in, and I kind of had to go out and learn as the industry was learning about social media, and ended up specializing it and moving into a number of years where I was working in ad agencies as a, a social media strategist and working with you know like large CPG beauty brands uh, as well as a lot of B two B like financial services companies and things like that. And it wasn't until later on in my career that I ended up moving to a smaller agency up in Maine and had my first trucking client. And so really, you know, in my my younger years when I was living in New York City, I have to be honest, I never thought about trucks. I never really saw trucks. You know, you'd maybe see 
some delivery van bringing things See down my the TV. street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I truly had never thought about trucks or trucking or truck drivers or logistics. And I think that's a lot of people honestly go about their whole lives without ever really thinking about it. But I think, you know, in that moment in time when I started to learn about it, I really just suddenly felt like I was seeing this backstage pass world of oh this is how everything works like every single thing that you're touching all of there's all of these people making that happen and they all have stories and you know they're all doing these really unique interesting things and every day there's some new aspect of it to learn and uh so i fell in love with it and i i haven't stopped trying to learn more about it ever since and yeah that's how I ended up here. So when and why did you start Drop and Hook? Did you see it immediately like this is an underserved market? This is probably said nobody's doing marketing in that space. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I was I was working at an agency where we had a couple of clients that were in the space, but it wasn't our like only thing that we did. And I started to feel like I wanted to potentially go out on my own. And, and I did ultimately see that there were companies out there who needed help with their social media and content marketing specifically, and they weren't really being served. There wasn't necessarily a good provider out there for them that could be the right fit of, you know, being able to be affordable, to give them the services that they needed, to not be some giant agency that wanted to have a huge, you know, integrated spend. And you know, oftentimes I was working with companies who might have a marketing person or, you know, marketing was kind of a afterthought that went along with sales. And so I, you know, I saw that these individuals who I worked with were often very smart, talented people just didn't have the resources that they needed in-house to um, be successful, be that kind of training and strategy on what they should be doing. And maybe they'd be going out and kind of running around and, and doing the work themselves or actual, you know, boots on the ground, being able to have somebody to do all the things. Because I think if there's one thing that's happened for marketers over the last several years, it's like there's all these new channels and all these new places that you should be and things you should be doing. And you're not necessarily getting new dedicated staff to do all of those things that you might want to do and, and be able to do successfully. Yeah, that that is so true. I have my friend and executive coach, Anne Holm, and she's been on my podcast a number of times. And one of the things she said is, if you're in business, and you've got a job, your job got bit very busy, right? Everyone's always busy. But then she said, it was almost like we just overlaid like, oh, also get a really good LinkedIn profile and post every day. Oh, okay. Well, where'd that time come from? Oh, get a Facebook account and share some stuff. Get this, get this. And it just kept growing. And then I feel like in the last three, four, five years, it was like, well, yeah, and your company should get a podcast. Oh, and do you guys have a YouTube channel? What are you doing on Instagram? By the way, I just was delivering to my friend Celine over at uh, Green Screens some YouTube videos. I said, hey, check these out. What do you think? These are YouTube videos we did of a podcast. It's our job, right? So she said, yeah, this, these, yeah, these are good. I was like, eh, that wasn't enthusiastic enough. So I said, well, she goes, it's just everything seems to be blowing up on Instagram. I was like, okay, so we have to create some. So then I tell my people, give us a whole bunch of Instagram. They're a little different format in the video, a little easier for us, and create like 20 of them for like these couple of podcasts. And I was like, 
you just I I I've honestly don't know what the next thing this is going to be. And we we talked a little bit about AI before we hit record. I just feel like there's going to be because of AI another job dropped on the on the plate of marketing. Oh, by the way, what is your AI marketing plan? You know, AI is going to create a whole bunch of content for you, but you have to train it. Right? You have to yeah, feed yeah, it. You have to become a prompt engineer. That's your new job title. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and, you know, so I think like what's really important is that so many marketers or salespeople too end up feeling like there's so many things we should be running in so many directions and actually working with someone to sit down and say, okay, let's have a strategy for what are we trying to communicate? Like, what does our audience really need from us? Like, how can we deliver that to them and then be able to um, actually communicate that and have a strategy for what that looks like before you start running in 17 different directions and trying to do all the things? By the way, I've, I talked to some different marketing people lately and I, I talked to Trey Griggs. I think he'll be down at TMSA. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be emceeing. Yep. So we talked the other day. He's going to be on the podcast shortly on Monday. So Trey said he's really into developing messaging using, I think he's the story brand framework. And I love that. And he said, most companies in our space don't have a good message. And so they've, and again, this kind of speaks to the running in many directions, chasing every rabbit. And that's, I think anybody who's been in sales or anybody who's in marketing feels that way that I have to do the social media. That's marketing, right? I have to spend on my website. That's marketing, right? We do SEO. We do this. We created an article. But the, but what we need is a cohesive plan that kind of here's our message. Here's how we're going to get the message out. Here's how we're going to capture opportunities. Here's how we're going to hand it off to our sales guy. Here's what our sales guy says. Very few companies have that. I think most of them have bits and pieces of it. And I'll, I'll throw it out there. It's just like the supply chain. It has silos. We have the warehousing. We have we have transportation. We have purchasing. We have all these silos. And we don't want silos. So I think we need, and again, I think this is what the best companies in our space are doing. I'm going to steal from my friend Blythe. Blythe says you need to connect the digital dots, but it starts offline with what's our message who are we trying to talk to yeah absolutely and i think like you know i i don't think marketing technology can solve your problems for you but i do love marketing technology in that it is oftentimes a place where suddenly businesses can get this real insight into that entire journey of how their customers are interacting with them and and solve a few of those silos where previously sales was over here doing this one thing, marketing was over here doing this other thing, you know, leadership's over here thinking in an entirely different direction. Like suddenly everybody can see that story together and see all of those touch points and how they work. And I think that is one of the key things that if you can unlock that to where people can see that suddenly you know you do have that belief in marketing and realization that this is something that's worth investing in because you can see the impact of it i just spoke to kara smith brown the other day or just kara brown from lead coverage and she said something she said you know we've always looked at and by the way um nadine over at sync show she's been on the podcast 
we've always kind of looked at marketing as kind of the, the light side, the little brother, the little sister to sales. More and more, I, I, I feel like marketing is getting or should be getting equal billing because it is becoming very powerful where people who bang the phones all day, not against it, they tell me it's not working as well. And I can tell you from this little, I have what they call a mobile phone and I get dozens of calls a day. Most of them I don't take. And now my phone pops up and says, scam likely. <laughs> if somebody calls me and says, hey, I want to sell you an SMS tool or I want and it is unsolicited, I was like, oh, thanks, but no thanks. And then I hang up and then I block that number. So by the way, you remember probably when you were a kid, we would watch the TV and then we didn't all have like the crazy remotes and we didn't have a million options. So you watch ABC, CBS, whatever you're watching and you didn't have a lot of choices. So when marketers put redundant, painful, repetitive messages in front of us, we had to listen to them and they just pounded it into our heads. We didn't have a way out unless you wanted to stand up and change to the other channel and then change back. And now if you have an advertisement, they're trying to keep your attention because they know as soon as you're bored, you grab your mobile phone or you're on your tablet while watching TV. That what we've basically done in the last generation is empower people not to hear your message. And so if I don't want to take your phone call, I don't have to take your phone call. And I get unsolicited messages. I always say, we, we've, uh, we've kind of ruined LinkedIn in some ways. Not me, not you. Other people have ruined LinkedIn yeah. with those. The sheer number of unsolicited in-mails that I receive about, oh, we can set all these appointments for you and like it's going to be great. Yeah, what, what I get a million of is, besides the ones who want to be, to be my girlfriend, I, I re- respond to all those. <laughs> but no, the ones that say, I want you to buy a franchise. It's like, how many people are working for these franchises? It could be like millions of people because I get a message constantly from somebody wanting me to get a franchise. I'm beginning to think I'm going to get a franchise whether I want one or not. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, that's right up there with the 100 phone calls a day thing, right? It's like you could spray and pray, just like hit everybody and hope that you get the right person. Or you could really work on how can we build an audience of people that are already our right people that are invested in and believe in the same things that we believe in and build that that trust and that relationship over time. So I'm not a marketer. I, I create content marketing those. And but I think you are a marketer. Right now, if we were to do a webinar and we got, let's just say a hundred names, or we had an ebook and people we got some names, you could tell me when people came to my website. And maybe I reached out to them six months ago and you said, hey, Joe, could you tell me right now, Joe, this guy's been on your website three times in the last week. You have to call him. Can you tell me that? <laughs> well, it depends on what technology you have on your website. But well, whatever, yeah, you, I mean, whatever you I, recommend. <laughs> I am a big data nerd. And if there is one thing I really super enjoy when I can find the time for it, it is playing data detective and like going at a, a campaign that maybe somebody converted at and finding those people and looking at them, going and looking them up on LinkedIn, really like understanding who are they and then looking at that process. What are the pages that they visited on the website? Like 
what are ideally those touch points that they might have had even offline at an event or um, you know over a phone call with sales so that is that is very targeted and by the way I could make phone calls all day I could be the best best person on the phone and I could be somebody who's networking really well and you say this guy from sun up to sundown this guy was doing exactly what he's supposed to do but Meanwhile, the person who visited my website three times and was on these three pages for 30 minutes total, I don't talk to him today. Yeah. Did we ever flag that? Did anyone follow up with them? And it is, there are so many little things like that, that I feel like so many companies are not even actually taking advantage of the, the things that might be right at their fingertips of. I've said before, in, in the past, we looked at marketing as Again, it could be fluff, right? Uh, you wrote an article, you posted it on LinkedIn, you did some something on the website, maybe some people came. But more and more, it is a competitive advantage. And when we talk a little bit about investing in future sales, it's not just sales training. It's not just we got more people to bang the phones. It's spending on marketing. And that's not only what you're up to, it's also what TMSA is up to. Yeah, absolutely. And and one thing that I really, truly love about TMSA, about the Elevate event, but also, you know, webinars that are happening all year round. There's an executive summit that happens in the fall. We're doing like more local networking events. What I really love about it is that opportunity to be in a room with a community of other people that are having the same struggles or the same questions as you and and people are are very candid and interactive with each other in that community it is truly a community of people that are helping each other and you know that that are there and learning together and so it is like it is an investment in your future sales but it's an investment also in your people and believing in them to send them to a conference like that because, you know, it'll grow them. Yeah. And by the way, if you believe that sales is important to you, that means you, you're working on your sales. That means that we're getting better. We're, we're, we're understanding the latest and greatest techniques. There's more research than we can ever go through now. There used to be sales felt like almost like half myth, like half old wives tales where you feel always be closing. You know that, Michelle, that's what you need to do. Always be closing. And then you're like, yeah, but that's not how I normally have human interactions with people. I'm not constantly saying, can you see how that might benefit you, Michelle? <laughs> you want to take the next step? No, you're, that's not how you normally talk. And so we have more and more research that tells us what we should be doing, both in sales and in marketing. And the people who are going to TMSA, they believe that if they invest in sales and marketing, they will get more. And by the way, I don't think the boss or the owner is going to let you go year after year to TMSA unless it's working. <laughs> people aren't dumb. They aren't just going to TMSA events and uh, the online stuff because it's fun. They're going because it has value. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to a huge extent, it's not you know, B2C or B2B, it's it's human to human. And I think that building that network and those relationships, not only does it help you grow as a person in your career and understanding new things that you can do, but like, it is truly that network over time that then comes back and, and pays you back. Like so much of this industry specifically, I feel like is about those relationships and 
the people that you know and growing well, I can speak from my own perspective. I speak on this podcast three times a week, but this is a business. This is a business. This is how I have spoiled myself with living indoors and eating every single day. That's how I, that's how I am now. And so I need to make money. And so I'm going down to TMSA really with the idea of how do I get to the next level? And by the way, I talked to You've got a great marketing company. And again, I love the name. You guys check it out, dropinhookcontent.com. But I also spoke to Blythe Broomleaf not so long ago. She's a marketer, Kara over at Lead Coverage. There are people, and when I talk to those people, they're doing things that are far, far in advance from three, four, five years ago. Three, four, five years ago, it felt like no one was doing it. It was still fluffy. It felt like you couldn't put an ROI on it. This is solid ROI, not only in the marketing, but I suspect also in the sales side where people are investing in sales training and sales development. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if there's one thing I sort of welcome about a a market where everybody is reevaluating their budgets and the activities that they're doing and where things are going is you know maybe this is an opportunity to to take a hard look at that stuff and I think marketers and salespeople have what they need if they take the time to do it to really go and look at your data actually and see you know what does work and what doesn't and you know I I very firmly believe that really smart brands are investing in a lot of areas because everything working together is where you start to see real progress. So like you have to get that, that collaboration. Yeah. And, and again, I do think that when I'm down there, my hope is that I walk away with a plan, a better marketing plan, because I don't have a marketing team. I am the marketing team with me and me and my people, we're, we're busy doing our day-to-day job, which is pushing out a lot of content for the interviews, but also we have sponsors. And so it's real easy to kind of find yourself with a real half-assed plan. I think that's the norm as opposed to the standard in our business. It's just that's, I mean, that's what happens. And it's when, so easy. When, yeah. when somebody says, like in the last five years ago, I started this podcast. And I remember I started because my friend George was also a blogger at the time. George said, you need to come on my podcast. And I was like, George, what are you doing? I was like, we're bloggers. We don't. We don't go out and do podcasts. Like it was, I couldn't believe he was doing it. And then, then I started a podcast. And I think a lot of people started podcasts. And I think they did ten episodes and they quit. That's the average podcast does nine or ten episodes. But that kind of speaks to it wasn't real strategic. It was, isn't this fun? Isn't this cool? Let's do a podcast. And that's I think what happens when somebody says, "Are you doing social media?" We're on LinkedIn. I guess, yeah. We did a YouTube video, I guess, yeah. A little bit of everything, no real plan, just winging it. Yeah, and that's one of my first questions is always, you know, people love to say like, should we be on TikTok? What what should we do with that? And I'm always saying, well, that depends. What is it that you're trying to communicate? Because you have to answer that first before you start thinking about tactics. You have to know your audience and know what it is that you're, trying to do to interact with them. Yep. So let's switch gears for just a minute here. So we've talked a little bit about TMSA. And again, all the cool kids will be at TMSA in Savannah. That'll be June 11th, 12th, and 13th. And I'm going to be there. Of course, Michelle's going to be there because she's on the board. And, And all the other cool kids. 
But tell us a little bit about your business. What problem do you solve for your customers? Who are your customers? And what problems are you solving for them? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my customers that I'm speaking with at TMSA uh, on the, the Tuesday of the event is Reads Across America. So they're a national nonprofit and they, uh, so they're a little bit outside of our norm because normally we work with transportation companies, yeah, but they but I do get their emails. I get their that, emails. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we make those emails. <laughs> so hopefully you like them. But yeah, they they what is their mission? are an organization that has grown up uh, over time from a, a volunteer effort to um, you know their their core mission is remember, honor, and teach. So uh, it's about remembering, honoring, and teaching the next generation about service and and sacrifice of people that have served in the military. And so they're most well known for having Reads Across America Day every December where they go out and do wreath laying on veterans' graves. But they actually, they, they do a lot of communications throughout the year and a lot of community building for people that, you know, may have lost someone, have someone in their family that's not at home, maybe they're currently serving, and do a lot of giving back with other local civic organizations. But their their tie to the transportation industry is that a awful lot of that organization relies on transportation partners that help them get the wreaths from point A to point B. And so we're going to be sharing their story of actually collaboration across departments and how they kind of brought together different groups within their, uh, they actually, they have a radio station, so not just a podcast, but uh, they've, they've been live broadcasting every single day for several years now to tell the stories of their, their volunteers. And um, they have thousands of volunteers throughout the country and they have customer service, they have their corporate sponsorship team, they have their transportation team. So we're going to tell the story of how all of those different, you know, silos within the company uh, were able to come together and, and collaborate because they all agreed to be kind of driven by the same mission and something that they believed in. So you're the one who helps them craft that, that strategy and then develops the content? Yeah, so they they have an internal communications team. So I'll be speaking alongside Amber Karen, who's the communications director there. But uh, we manage their HubSpot account and a lot of their email marketing and some of their their communications like that and work with them on their social media content as well. Right. I got to tell you guys, I right now don't have, I'm not doing anything with my email list. So anyone who's listening who goes, oh my God, I so miss getting emails from Joe. I've not been doing anything with it. (laughs) And the reason I'm not is because it got very difficult to do email marketing. Now we have all these tools, Constant Contact, MailChimp, all these, I won't mention the one I'm using, but I was using it for many years and it started getting very sophisticated and which was good but it got so sophisticated that it was difficult to use for me and i was like it's hard enough to write something and then want to send it out i feel like we we need outside resources to help us get all this right i just feel like no nobody has all this information in house anymore i mean i'm sorry wrong way wrong way to say it nobody has all of this these resources and expertise in-house. It makes so much sense in my mind to send some of it out. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so Drop and Hook is really intended to be a an outsourced company that can come in, have a base level knowledge of transportation and logistics, and we already kind of speak the lingo and you don't have to teach us about that and can seamlessly partner with whatever the internal staff looks like 
to help figure out that strategy and, you know, then either give you a plan that you can go off and execute on your own or help with the actual execution of it because it is a lot. And most companies don't have enough people in-house to get everything done that they want to be getting done. I can tell you this. I wrote a million articles when I was a blogger and some, a lot of them were in my name, but a lot of them were ghost written. I was a ghost writer. And so it was somebody else's name. And when I decided, hey, I'm going to grow this business, I'm going to do some marketing. And I hired some people, freelancers, to help me write articles. It is very difficult to train somebody in the language. Not to, It's hard enough to explain what is LTL, what is drop and hook, what is truckload. It's hard enough to explain that. But then the little nuances they, that you kind of get to know because you've done it or you've worked with on, enough articles on it ridiculously hard. I found that the editing was harder than the writing. The people who are really good at this business are oftentimes real busy doing that business. And so <laughs> yeah. I'm used to say when somebody say, wow, you're very expensive to write. I was like, that's because you don't have to explain anything to me. I already, yeah, I already yeah. looked at your website. You're not I know what you paying for the hours do. I'm doing the writing. You're paying for the years of experience that I'm bringing Yeah, I was like, yeah. And, and by the way, for a long time, companies in our space didn't embrace marketing enough to develop the thing that made them different and better. So they would say, Joe, could you just write an article about us? We're really good at customer service. I was like, that's not going to do it. <laughs> like, well, our integrity is the reason companies work with us. Like, that's not good. You're never going to be found for customer service. You're never going to be found for integrity. You've got to start going a little deeper. And if it's, we do tons of drop and hook. Okay. All right. Now we're getting somewhere. If we do hazmat, okay, we're getting somewhere. I can help you with that. But it was a space that didn't embrace marketing. It embraced the 100 phone calls a day for a long time and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. And I, I very firmly believe that it's like, it's not about talking to that thousand people. It's about talking to that hundred people that are your right people that are already going to be invested in what it is that you specifically do. And, you know, yeah, taking the time to really have that knowledge of what makes the business unique is a hard thing for a lot of business owners or you know, like business leaders to really take the time to do because they are busy actually running the business. But it's like that pays dividends over time because if you if you center your strategy in that, like what really truly makes us unique and what is our unique story that's a story nobody else can tell, then, you know, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter what what platforms, what channels you're going out and going on. Like ideally they should be the ones where your target audience is. But it is it is the essence of that story and it being totally unique and authentic to you that's going to be the thing that resonates with people. Yes. And I hear about, you know, like, oh, well, we can just have like chat GPT write our blog post now. And it's like, well, sure, you can, as long as you're OK with the content being generated based off of things that other people have already written. And I hope that works out, you know, like. There yeah. is a lot of noise out there. People receive a lot of marketing messages every single day. and uh... Every new tool that comes out becomes the silver bullet. When LinkedIn, I, I was very, very early in LinkedIn. I, I think they had 500,000 people, maybe a million people when I got on. I had no connections that I knew. <laughs> like, my, no neighbors, no coworkers, no family, nobody. And But when, it, when people started realizing LinkedIn is a great tool, it became the silver bullet. 
well, we, are, we need a LinkedIn strategy. That becomes our whole strategy. And I, I was joking to you before we hit record, but it's the truth. You know somebody's going to say, oh, well, ChatGPT does this, 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 and this. And you're like, mm, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me, my friend had a, an ex, he's a retained executive search guy. And he said, when Monster.com came out, everybody he, we worked with said, well, we'll just, we don't need that. We don't need you anymore because we have monster.com. He goes, you're not going to recruit your CEO or your CMO or direct, even the vice president of engineering from Monster. And it took a few years for people to realize, yeah, you're right. Like, it's a tool, but it doesn't necessarily, there are no silver bullets. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even if you could find your right CEO on Monster, it would take somebody with the knowledge of what is the skill set that we're looking for and what's that specific thing to narrow down that field to the exact right person to be able to get to it. And that expertise is not something our robots are quite there for yet. Soon, soon, soon. So, Michelle, so who's the sweet spot for you? Who do you work with over at Drop and Hook Content? Yeah. Well, so we tend to work with companies that are either, you know, maybe they're a startup, but they're a relatively well-established startup that's ready to start um, kind of investing and and growing in their marketing more, um, or kind of mid-size or enterprise companies that might have an internal marketing department, but ultimately they don't they don't have enough bodies or expertise to be able to do all the things that they want to do. Maybe they're going into a new segment and they need some help with uh, being able to expand what it is that they're going after, or they just need a little bit of guidance because maybe they've brought in a new person that doesn't have as much expertise in the industry and they want somebody to kind of come alongside and be able to to coach that person. So that's that's kind of our skill set, but it's, you know, we're transportation and logistics, and then social media and content marketing. So with those two things, that's already pretty specific um, in terms of what we'll do. What is content marketing for those who don't don't know what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So content marketing is ultimately, I think of it as, you know, storytelling anywhere that you might have kind of stories about your organization. So is it your website content, um, you know, like the text and the video and the photos that are on your website and how all that works together. Is it your, you know, maybe you have a a blog, maybe you have a podcast. I got to be honest with you. I tell a lot of people not to start podcasts because there are already so many really good podcasts like yours that are out there in the industry. I feel that way too, because I was doing the podcast while I had a day job and it was overwhelming. I flew back from Mexico and now I got to do an interview with somebody. And Yeah, it's, it's a real, full-time job. <laughs> it is. And also, if you want to build an audience, it's hard to build. So right, right, right now, if I was the vice president of sales at a trucking company, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a podcast and it's going to get us a huge audience. Well, I constantly have to pitch my trucking company, or at least that's what it feels like. And then again, I have a day job. I say this all the time to people. People bail on my podcast. And I always say the same thing. They're like, I'm so sorry. A customer a customer was angry. I had to take that phone call. And I always say, if being on my podcast was your top priority, I wouldn't want you on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a- yeah. anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And I'm not just saying because I'm looking for sponsors or advertisers, but I do feel like 
it's a commitment. And I think it's like anything else out there. YouTube channel, is it for some people? Yeah. Is it for everybody? Probably not. Same as you said, yeah, and TikTok, You truly Instagram. have to have a, like a why of what it is that you're doing that informs it and then really believe in that over a long period of time. Any Anything like this that you are doing is going to take some level of commitment. It's not going to be an overnight change for the business. Yes, so, I said this yeah. to you before we hit record and yeah. it's the truth. I feel like marketing, and when we're talking about sales and marketing, picking up the phone and making a phone call today could potentially yield you a customer. It's not super high probability, but you can do it. Marketing, I always say, is like going to the gym. <laughs> you go to the gym, you eat well, nothing happens. You do it another day in a row, nothing happens. You do it for three weeks in a row. You can't see the instant results. There's like, oh, I still have one ab. I thought I'd have <laughs> I thought I'd have a six pack by now. But we know it's right and we know if it's if I keep doing it, that it's gonna be it, that in in the long term, it's definitely going to be beneficial. The problem, I think, is we want to kind of judge it by what did it get me this month? And it's the answer, if you ask me, you spend some money on marketing this month, I would say it doesn't get you anything the first month in terms of revenue. But over a year, if you're consistent, it is going to pay for itself and get you a nice ROI. Yeah. And if you if you set out in advance with a strategy in mind of what is it that we want to accomplish and how are we going to measure if we're working towards that, then that will make all the difference at understanding, are, you know, is this still the right direction? Are we growing in the right way? Because, yes, I think like with your going to the gym example, it's like you might step on the scale and say, oh, it well, I, I didn't see the progress yet. <laughs> but is that stepping on the scale, are you measuring the right thing in that moment? Or is the thing that you should be measuring like in the first month more about, well, I'm I'm feeling better. I can walk up the stairs a little bit more easily today without getting winded or something like that. And, you know, is that a sign that you're going in the right direction towards that progress? So if you're trying to measure ROI of a conversion from a LinkedIn post, you know, in your first month out and doing it, like, yeah, maybe you will luck out, especially if you have some paid budget that you're putting behind it. Maybe you'll get the exact right person in that moment in time that is out there in the market and you'll be able to close a sale from it. But more likely what you're going to start doing is building an audience of people that are six months or a year out from being a decision maker and be able to start talking to them and, and start that conversation because you want to be in the consideration set when they finally are ready to get there. Um, so you're investing in that that future time. Yep. So what I'll do is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile and a link to your website and any other links you and your marketing team will give me. I know you will give me stuff. And one last plug for TMSA. You are a board member there. Why should people join TMSA? And also, if they can get there, get to our conference coming up here in Savannah, June 11th, 12th, and 13th. Yeah, I was going to say, if you really want to find me, that's that's the best place. I'll definitely be there. And Drop and Hook has sponsored a headshot station at the conference. So if you need a new headshot for Oh my God, LinkedIn, I, I totally do. I'm, I'm like a realtor <laughs> at this point. My picture's like 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, you know, we're, uh, we're in the business of helping people, you know, get more good impressions. And so that sometimes is as basic as giving your, your LinkedIn profile a little bit of a refresh. 
Wait, one one quick thing. Do you have like a Brad Pitt filter or something you might throw on? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the photographer has like been Come engaged on. at that level. But, you know, with some of the stuff that AI can do these days, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> People would be shocked if they see me in person. They're like, no, you don't look like your LinkedIn profile. Oh, yeah. Surprise, surprise. Anyway, continue on. Why should we all be part of TMSA? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think TMSA is... A, a truly excellent place to go to if you are looking to connect with other marketers or salespeople that are in the same industry dealing with the same things that you are and be able to have real candid real world conversations with those people learn from some really both inspirational and practical sessions i mean the education component to it is always great but also i think the the strongest thing is the network i you know I went to my first TMSA event virtually in 2020, and even then, in a virtual setting, it was the only virtual event I've ever been to where I felt like I legitimately connected with people that I kept up that connection after that experience. And then, you know, we finally got to meet each other in real life uh, in 2021. And, you know, I really think with TMSA, I, I always say to the board, if we can get people there in the room to an event for the first time, they'll keep coming back because it it is an event that really sticks with you and people, you know, make legitimate connections and friendships there that then continue on throughout the year. Yeah, well, these are, in my mind, these are the people who believe that you have to work on sales and marketing to have it work. There's a lot of people who kind of, again, I still believe, well, we're just going to do it. We're not, we're not going to talk about, we're just going to do it. And I'm not against action, but sometimes you need to go figure out what is the action to take. And I think the people who are there are the, it's, it's almost like self-help stuff. There's either people who are into self-help or people who are like, I hate self-help. These are the people who are saying we can do better and we're going to go learn what other people are doing. And by the way, that's to me, in my way of thinking, that is people who are, have an open mind about what can be. I think it's just what we should all do. Rather than say, well, I'm the vice president, I'm the vice president of sales. I think I know what to do. Well, there's lots of vice presidents of sales, lots of owners who get down there and they say, we'll figure out what to do. Now, there's no harm in learning what the industry is doing. Things are changing so darn fast in our space, but also with all the technology that enables us to do better if we use it right. Yeah, I mean, and it is like, my favorite thing is learning something new and being exposed to a new idea or something I didn't see before. And, you know, in this world of transportation and logistics, I feel like I am constantly all the time discovering some new aspect of it that I hadn't thought about before. And there's enormous value to that. Last year at the event, I met somebody who worked in the, uh, the ports of Saint, the St. Lawrence River, like the, the like locks in like upstate New York. Like, and I had just, I was like, I had never thought about that before, but like, of course that's a thing. You need to introduce um, me. <laughs> I will, I will. And there you go. It's like the network effect. Like there are all these great people. And I'm like, I remember I had a conversation with him about the Beatles of all things. And like, you know, we connected in that moment on a human level, but now that's a professional connection as well. Excellent. Excellent. So, I like to interview smart, interesting people like you who are killing it in our space. Who else should I interview? Oh my gosh, there's just like more more 
people than I, I mean, my, just one. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn <laughs> trying to, uh, to follow the, the cool people. All right. One person that I have been working with a lot recently that I think is very smart. And if anybody was at the TIA event back in April, you might have seen him on the digital technology panel uh, is a gentleman named um, Krishna Vatapali, who runs a company named Imaginovate. And if you're interested in kind of AI and machine learning, which oh, yeah. I feel like are hot topics right now, he's, he's a good person to talk to about that. Yes, yes, definitely get me introduced to Christian. And you you had said to you told me there was another guy you knew. Yes, before we were recording, I had mentioned Larry Kaufman, yes. who is a owner operator and hilarious on TikTok. So if you are interested in in how to do TikTok well, which people seem to be interested in, I would definitely recommend connecting with him as well. I love the idea of getting a driver's perspective. I've had a few drivers on the podcast and I think we don't we don't hear their voice enough. We we talk about what 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 we're doing for drivers, but you don't always hear from them. So I'd love the idea. I'm not on. I am not personally on TikTok. And <laughs> well, he's on LinkedIn too, so you can connect. Yes, with him there. yes. I always say it's not because I hate. Not because I hate it. It's because I'm afraid what I will do with it. Oh, it could eat up your whole day. I, yeah. I just feel like <laughs> like signing up. You're like, it took me 15 minutes to sign up, and now I lost five hours a week from now on. <laughs> <laughs> the TikTok algorithm in terms of serving you content that is specifically for you, like catered to like, oh, you like that video? Here, watch five more videos just like that is, it is amazing and terrifying and it will eat up your whole day. Yep, excellent. <laughs> but yeah, Larry is, uh, you know, he's he brings being a business owner and being able to talk from a, a business owner's perspective, but also, you know, talking about the driver lifestyle and what the reality of being on the road is like, the impact on your health and a lot of things like that as well. So absolutely a great yep. person to I'll, talk So I'll with. connect with him. And if you can connect me with Larry and connect me with Christian, I'd love to have them on the podcast. And Michelle, I really look forward to seeing you at TMSA in, what is it, uh, nine days. Yeah, yeah. Very exciting. I will see you there. Yep. And I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You have been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage with leaders in the logistics and supply chain community. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, hit the like button, and leave us a nice review on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you listen. Also, please check out our videos on YouTube and connect with us on LinkedIn. We're very big on LinkedIn. And you can also reach us on the logisticsoflogistics.com, our website.